Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Marley mates, and welcome back to another episode of Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. This is our 50th episode, and if you're listening on the premiere date of 2 February 2024, it also happens to be Groundhog Day. That's right, Marley mates, we are celebrating our 50th episode, and that's a significant milestone. I am I am super excited. Um Never really expected to be at a point like this where I would even have considered, not even a year ago, uttering the words, we're celebrating our 50th episode. But to me, that's important. Uh, you're important. And I want to do better. Uh, part of my leadership philosophy is just to simply get better every day. And part of that is uh, trying to improve in every way that we can, little steps of the way, small victories. One of those, I got a new mic. So I'm hoping that this sound quality is better for you. So uh, we're going to continue to try to just take things to the next level, always and always and always and forever. So with the 50th episode being the 50th episode, I wanted to go big guns. So here we are. And like I said, we've got a, a new mic. Hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better. And this episode and every episode for that matter would not be possible without your support and your listenership. So thank you. Uh, I can't begin to describe what it means to me to have you in my corner. It's been monumental in making strides and a very significant life change. Um, Not quite midlife yet, but getting there. So I guess maybe crisis averted. Not really. Far from it. But it happens. So uh, I ought to just stop talking so I can start talking. With this being a fairly big episode in the history of the show, I thought I'd go big with the subject as well. Big describes a number of things here. Giggity. Uh, When I say Weezer is my favorite band, I mean it. You've heard me mention them several times before, and I even have, uh, based a four-part sculpture series on their Seasons albums concept. They're my favorite band because I can listen to every record, front to back, and there's never been a single song that I don't like. Of course, there will always be certain albums or tracks that I I like more than others, but I guess you could say that's true about any music. So, what got me hooked? Well, I guess probably it was the originality, 
and the creativity of the Buddy Holly video as it's set at Arnold's from Happy Days. And that's all it took. Like the, the boys superimposed themselves in the scene, playing the tunes, and they've interacted with the, the classic characters, and it's just, it's money. So I, I dig it. Um, I got the Blue Album, and that was my very second CD ever. Uh, my very first CD was Green Day's Dookie. And, I mean, ever since I got that, I was a sophomore in high school. Been crushing it ever since. My all-time favorite album is Pinkerton. And there have been a few others since that I cherish almost as much. I, I hate to try to dethrone Pinkerton, but um, the Red album was amazing. Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Uh, that album was a very necessary soundtrack to help get me through uh, a pretty rough patch in my life. And also Van Weezer, it's one of their newer re recordings, uh, is a lot of fun. All are great, absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, like they're just, I can't get enough and it never gets old to me. So I'm going to go discuss two different pieces today, each influenced by Weezer music and or album art. And both are big in size and influence. Big episode, big pieces. Each were upcycle pieces from previous works. And, you know, it's kind of what I do. It's not exclusively what I do, but when the, when it works, it works. And it works for me. And it makes me happy. So, whatevs. The first was inspired by album art from Everything Will Be Alright in the End. And the record dropped in the fall of 2014. And... That feels like so much longer than just 10 years ago. The album art was always kind of peculiar to me. It seemed kind of odd. Um, over the summer, I acquired a painting on Marketplace. And it was original, an oil painting of just like a winter scene. There's a kind of a log cabin in the woods. Uh, snow, a little little stream, some trees. And I wanted to somehow use that. Like as soon as I saw it, I, I knew that I wanted to do it. It was just a matter of time of being able to just actually sit down and do so. I wanted to create like a winterized version somehow of using the creature that was in the original album art from Everything Will Be All Right in the End. Now that particular piece was actually taken by artist Christopher McMahon entitled The Mountain Monster, which was funny when we mentioned it that way too, because that was actually an upcycled thrift shop store art. Um, so he actually found a piece and did the same thing that, that I did with this. And it wasn't until after the fact that I did it, that I went and researched him as an artist and found more that he actually has done this with a ton of stuff. And He's got more of a, a common theme where he tends to take this, this thrift shop art and add all these giant monsters. So it's, it's pretty cool. And he's actually done a ton with, um, with this particular creature that's in there. But he's, just, he's got all these crazy looking creatures. Definitely they all look like stuff that could have stepped right off of the pages or right off the screen of Adventure Time. Pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of fun. Very whimsical. But what I wanted to do was kind of take a the monster and do like a, a winterized version, like I said. So very much like the similar setting, but 
taking it and making it in shades of blues and whites, much like the difference between a Sam Squanch and a Yeti, or like a Bigfoot and the Abominable Snowman. Same, same, but different. The intent was to make this just the winter version. And so, yeah. Uh, the piece itself is fairly good size. Like I said, we're going big, so let's go big. It's 31 by 27. It came framed, and it was one of these types of pieces that has um, a frame but in a map, but it's not. there's no glass in front of it. So uh, I, I like those. Something about them, I don't know, it makes it easy to work on, and the frames always kind of church them up and make it go to the next level. The original piece is oil on canvas, and I updated it with my changes in acrylic, and I finished it on 8 December of 23. I couldn't really read the artist's signature on the piece, and I couldn't find much information about it otherwise, but, uh, so... I view it as a collaboration. The artist painted the scene, and I churched it up. Ahoy there, Marley mates, and welcome back to another episode of Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. This is our 50th episode, and if you're listening on the premiere date of 2 February 2024, it also happens to be Groundhog Day! So the piece that's inspired by the album art from Everything Will Be Alright in the End until this very moment, I hadn't titled it. In fact, um, it's not uncommon for me to leave pieces untitled, but I feel like that's a, one more opportunity to just kind of add an extra clever little piece to it. It's kind of like whenever I post things on the on the Instagram, I like to be able to use the feature that allows music to accompany a post. I think that's kind of fun. In some ways, I'll do it just because I'll be in the mood for a certain song, or other ways, I think it'll tie into the piece somehow. Or I just like to dangle a carrot every once in a while and see if people can figure it out. But I think with this, I think what I'll call it from this point forward is everything will be all right in the end of winter. I don't know, just trying it on. Just because it's a winterscape and I think it works, but whatevs. All right, so let me describe this piece to you. The original piece, as I mentioned before, is just kind of that country wooded scene where you've got a little stream, very simple, very modest little cabin in the winter, some fencing, an old car. There's a couple of trees here, a couple of trees there, great big trees. And then there's a big wide open area in the upper right hand corner as you're looking at it. And that's where, when I first saw the piece, I knew to myself, like, that's what I wanted to do. I thought it was like a perfect open area to add and incorporate this, this beast into the mix. And so what I tried to do was to make it resemble the original monster as close as possible but different. And so, as I mentioned before, I wanted to do shades of blues and whites and grays and things of that nature to kind of give it that that clearly winterized version of this monster. And it's basically, it, it's very interesting because it's such a whimsical creation. And, you know, like I mentioned before, it's Christopher McMahon's concept and so I want to make sure that credit is given where due but I took his 
design and did it in that color scheme. And it's basically this giant four-legged beast. And it looks like something that a child might draw. You know, like you might see a very innocent, creative, and just imagination coming wild on this sheet of paper. But now all of a sudden it's immersed in this setting where it's what looks like a very professional and clean winter scene by a very talented artist. Now all of a sudden has this very unique and obscure creature just lurking about and this thing is like stories tall like it's ridiculous how big it is but it's this big four-legged creature and it has you know basically this long body with four legs as you could imagine but the head itself is this big round almost like a smiley face looking head very basic and simple not a whole lot of detail because it's from almost the perspective of a child. And so it's round. It's got these great big just dark eyes. The eyes themselves are just black and white. So big black eyes with some white dots on the inside and they've got white rings around them. And then it's just nothing else but this giant mouth of all these teeth and some fangs. And so it's very menacing looking, but at the same time, it looks very kind of playful and clumsy. I don't know. I, I would look at it and not be threatened other than its sheer magnitude because it's enormous. But if you look at it, if you were to see it, maybe the size of like a, a dog or a cat, you would just think it's this like furry little goofy looking creature. So it, it towers in the landscape, kind of on the horizon, approaching the house, approaching, you know, the stream and the trees. Maybe it's coming to get a drink. I don't know. Maybe it wants to eat some uh, you know, people make nuggets. I, who who knows what what the the deal is? But there he is, and you know he's got his mouth open, teeth showing. But you can tell that he's not quite close by because the tree line is in front of him. So it was my intent to have the trees that were in the background behind the house kind of serve as a way to block him. And as it shows in the original painting from the album there is a significant amount of detail unseen because of the way in the original piece there are some rolling hills and what have you. And so with this, I decided to add a degree of mist. So all across the, the basically the horizontal landscape of everything above the house and in the kind of the top of the, the distant tree line is a very fine fog just kind of a white mist that shows that there's a little bit of moisture in the air and perhaps even something more menacing on the horizon, which I think when you add mist or any sort of degree of fog, it adds that element of just kind of that spookiness or that, that degree of something's coming, something else. There's a, a, a feeling of unease because you don't know what's lurking inside that fog. And so, who knows what could be, I mean, your imagination could absolutely run wild with this because, you know, maybe this person, this beast is serving as cover that is distracting everything that is looking up at that while there's stuff on the ground that's coming in to, to do what it's going to do. Who knows? It could go a matter of different ways, but I really love it. And although I didn't really have much input in terms of just originality and creativity with this, 
I was inspired by the album art. I was inspired by the album itself. The music to me was monumental. Like I said before, it was a very significant, challenging time. And I was able to just get lost in that music, even if it was just brief periods as I was driving and just hearing it. When I get a new record like that, I will just play it over and over and over again. New music is, is fun like that for me because I will just get obsessed with it and just that will be my only focus. I can't tend to get multiple albums at once because I want to just listen exclusively to whatever. So whenever new music comes out, I'll get it and I'll just play it over and over and over again. But and that's what I did. And it was necessary and it was helpful. And so this piece kind of helps to capture that. It helps to um, put a, a different twist on a, a pretty cool piece of album art. And um, I'm grateful for Christopher McMahon and being able to discover him through researching his piece there. And so if you haven't had an opportunity yet, which maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but go on and check out his stuff. It's a lot of fun too. Uh, I just Googled him and sure enough, there he is, biggity bam. So yeah. There is uh, everything will be all right in the end of winter and finished 8 December of 2023 dimensions 31 by 27 acrylic on oil on canvas. Ahoy there Marley mates and welcome back to another episode of Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. This is our 50th episode and if you're listening on the premiere date of 2 February 2024 it also happens to be Groundhog Day. The second piece was a poster print of Angel's Cherubs by Raphael Sanzio. And I scored this for a buck at a Goodwill one Sunday. And immediately my go-to was to paint kiss faces on the cherubs. It was uh, not uncommon, as you've probably seen in several works, and there's even more that I haven't talked about, uh, that I use kiss imagery in a lot of stuff just because there's something about that that iconic look, their original face paints and, and different designs and, and costumes and so forth. That's just, just amazing to me. So I orig originally hadn't intended to make this a Weezer influenced piece, but it was very large and I wanted to try a few different techniques. So I played around with some of the squeegee applications and such. Um, I was just trying to do something to think about what I could do with all the space and then it hit me because the the cherubs are kind of centralized in the middle lower kind of third of the piece but then there's all this negative space around them and I say negative space I mean obviously it was it was part of the painting but it wasn't what I was going to utilize and it was too big to just have them be the focus and nothing else so I wanted to really really fill the space with something and try something and so I had started to play around with the different squeegee techniques where you kind of squirt different colors of paint right out of the bottle and then drag a squeegee through them and create a pattern and you know it can be kind of cool watching the videos and stuff but then sometimes it can get muddy and and right now like looking at the piece you can see a variety of color in it there's a lot going on but it's not necessarily as as clean as i, I might prefer that it would be so I don't know if part of that has to do with just the, the variety of colors that I use. Perhaps it was the, uh, the material itself being the that it's, it was on a poster print with the semi-gloss finish. I don't know. It could be a number of things. But either way, it was a, it was a good way to help kind of 
clean up the background to create like a new flat foundation to, to continue to, to work off of from there. So like I said, I, I played around a little bit and once I was kind of looking at the space and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, that's where it hit me. And the faces that I painted of, on the cherubs were of Ace and Peter, or I mean, depending on the era, I guess you could say Tommy and Eric, but for the sake of this piece, it was very much specifically Ace and Peter. And you'll see what I mean here in a sec. And that's when I got the idea to expand this even more. You'll notice that looking on the piece, right in the middle above Ace and Peter is a 12-sided die. And then also Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler 2. Those are literally exact song lyrics. And so that's what I went with. And the song that I'm referencing is called In the Garage and it's off the Blue Album. And so it's kind of one of those things that obviously I'm talking about it here and I'm specifically saying exactly what everything is on the piece. But it's one of these things that if you were to just look at it, not knowing the background of me explaining everything, it's one of those things where it's just like, if you know, you know. And there are very specific lyrics to that song because it's a, it's a song about all these different things that, and I really hesitate to use the term uh, a safe space because we don't have safe spaces uh, growing up as Gen X. We just were. But uh, it was literally that safe space for, you know, this person in the in the song that talks about wanting to be in a place that they felt at home. They felt themselves. They felt comfortable. And so it's got all these different things that are in the lyrics about how they felt writing music there, playing music there, the things that interest them. And so um, it talks about, I have a 12, I have a Dungeon Master's Guide. I have a 12-sided die. I have Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler 2 waiting there for me. I have my posters on the wall, my favorite rock group Kiss. I have Ace Freely. I have Peter Chris waiting there for me. Yes, I do. And so part of the, the lyrics that I used, I added onto the onto the page but not as obvious as it may appear and so you've got all these like subtle images and then you've got certain words here and there but by and large if you were to just look at it randomly you're like what is all this this is this is crazy and so like i said you've got ace and peter as the cherubs so they're kind of reincarnated in this angelic form and above them you, there's a big 12-sided die and then on the Right hand side as you're looking at it, you have Nightcrawler kind of just like appearing and Nightcrawler one of and Kitty Pride both were from the X-Men franchise. Nightcrawler's ability is teleportation among other things and every time he does he, he kind of pops in and out of, of of the scene. He has like a cloud of, of like dark black blue mist around him and so he's just kind of... You can see his head and shoulders, his tail's kind of poking in a little bit, and he's got this cloud of, of blackness around him. And so he's very much of a, a demon appearance. For those of you that may be unfamiliar with the character, he's got blue skin, and dark blue and black hair, uh, long kind of devilish tail, and he's got like a like a black suit with a with red shoulders, and, and so he's just kind of like popping in there. 
And then on the left-hand side, balancing the piece out is Kitty Pride, and she has the ability to kind of phase through solid materials. And so she's kind of just like coming into the scene where you can see her hand is reaching through, and then there's like a gap where her elbow would bend, and then you can see like the upper part of her bicep. And then kind of from mid-waist up, and then her other arm is just kind of not quite in, in the scene yet. And I kind of struggled with her a little bit because I just kept not really getting the face where I wanted it to be. I was struggling with her eyes. It was just not really working out. So I ended up taking a little creative license with her, and I, I like using kind of the white-out superhero eyes even though not every superhero has the the ability to do something with their eyes like i just kind of give it that glow and that kind of that shine to it and i actually all four of the characters have that i did that with the the kiss gentleman originally because a lot of times you'll see especially in their comic book form that's how they're portrayed they've got that larger than life kind of comic book superhero persona and so I, I like the way that looks and it's got some some glow to it and then same thing with Nightcrawler. He's got those similar type of eyes. And so you've got all of those characters and those embellishments going on amidst this background of all of these different colors and kind of smears. And it's just very busy. Very, very busy. Uh, furthermore, I added some brick work just to kind of like very lightly kind of imply bricks on either side to kind of frame it out. So there's gray brick pattern very flat gray and then i just went back over it with a sharpie and just added some embellishments there where you could see kind of the, the lining of where they would kind of fade in and fade out of the the sides of the pieces i did use text on here because i wanted to incorporate some lyrics and the last time i visited my grandmother i had acquired some of my grandfather's uh, tools and just some things that he had in his workshop and one of the things that I grabbed was this very very old set of metal stencil letters and these were the kind that are very simple block lettering the very classic stencil in every sense of the word stencil like as like if there was one version of stencil it was this and they would slide together. You could connect them to make words. And so I wanted to incorporate that into this a little bit because I literally took them out of his garage. And I thought that it would be applicable here kind of as a nod to him, but also in a way to just incorporate the use of those things. But I used those stencils to write the word stupid, the word songs, the word words, and the words I love every one and the lyrics were i play my stupid songs i write these stupid words and i love everyone and so the words don't necessarily flow like that on the piece you've got stupid in the upper left hand corner as you're looking at it above kitty pride then the word songs right next to that the word words kind of just below the 12-sided die and then I love everyone along the bottom kind of just below the the boys from kiss and that was done in stencil the word stupid I kind of 
use like a green slime technique where it was just kind of dripping down the word songs i've got like a somewhat of a checkered pattern on there the word words kind of have some sharpie around them and it, it looks like it's almost vibrating a little bit and then the phrase at the bottom i love every one the i and the love have a kind of a red wash that it bleeds outside of the the lines of the lettering and it kind of drips down a little bit the word everyone was kind of different so it's spelled ev and then in place of the second e i put a three and it's backwards as an e would be ry and then the, the the end of it one i actually used vinyl lettering that were of the same size and then I finish out the word that way. So it's just a lot to look at. There's a lot of different textures, a lot of different, um, a degree of fonts, a degree of different spacing and so forth. And so it ends up being a lot of, a, just a lot. That's, I guess, the best way to put it. It's it's big. It's, it's busy. It's There's a lot happening there. So the big words are done in stencil. And then above that, I have smaller words, the smaller lyrics, written in Sharpie. So I have, I play my, and then there's an arrow pointing to the word stupid. And then there's two arrows pointing to the word songs. And then above that, I write, I write these, and then there's an arrow pointing to stupid, and then there's arrows pointing to the word words. And then there's written between Ace and Peter, the word and in Sharpie with arrows pointing to, I love everyone. So like I said before, if you know, you know, if you look at it and you're, you're, and you're not familiar with the song, it probably looks like chaos and you're just like, I, I don't get it. I can't figure it out. It, it doesn't make any sense. And that's okay. Uh, hopefully at least even if it doesn't make sense to you, it's visually pleasing. Then below, I love everyone. I wrote over and over again across the bottom where I belong, where I belong where I belong, where I belong, four times. And it's just kind of separated by different lines. Other than that, uh, I used a variety of, of a couple different types of stencils. You can't really see in tremendous amount of detail, but just kind of along that lower bottom edge and in the corners, there's just some, some patterns that I wanted to incorporate somehow, not really relevant to the piece, but just I like to use different types of stencils in order to, to create that texture and to create that different type of, of uh, just something to draw your eye in a slightly different direction. I've watched a lot of videos where people have used painting with different objects in order to paint with, kind of different from stenciling, but they would just use everyday random household objects and paint on them and then apply the paint to the canvas with it. So it creates a unique pattern. It creates a unique type of different approach to just instead of using a brush. And so it's not, well, not necessarily instead of, but in addition to, and it's kind of unique. It's, it's different. And I definitely take a lot away from those types of things that I love just being able to, to kind of share those different things and try them on, learn them, go from there. But yeah, that's, um, that is the piece called in the garage. It's huge. It's two feet by three feet. And I finished this just a couple days ago on 25 January of 24. 
So it's mixed media collage on poster print and by collage because I added the vinyl lettering and even the number 12 on the 12 sided die is a, a couple of vinyl numbers. And so that is that piece. It's, it's a lot to look in and take in. And while I know that I can only use one piece for the episode artwork, I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to please go on to the Facebook and or Instagram where I'll post these images to get a real feel for that. I appreciate you coming in and listening to it, and it's probably a really incredible opportunity if you haven't seen these to just just visualize this in your mind and, and create your own piece just from the from the story itself. But imagine if you could go on and then compare what you came up with to what actually is. So if you if you haven't yet done so, please uh, like and follow the pages and leave your comments. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you have any ideas or suggestions of how I could maybe take things in another direction for another time, let's hear them. Ahoy there, Marley mates, and welcome back to another episode of Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. This is our 50th episode, and if you're listening on the premiere date of 2 February 2024, it also happens to be Groundhog Day! I haven't done the random thoughts piece in a while. I kind of only did it a few times, really, and I see a lot of stuff online. I see a lot of things that I, I tend to gravitate towards, and, and this one I felt like it was relevant, and I thought it was kind of powerful and big, and this is a big episode, so let's let's just share it. And I don't know who wrote it. It's just a little, just a brief little passage. And I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to add on my own two cents. So uh, author is uncredited, but know that wherever you are, it was, it was meaningful. And I wanted to share it with the Marley mates. So here it goes. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our hard. Pick wisely. Marley mates, walk hard and talk hard. It is no surprise that Marley mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning into the Facebook lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch, Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chalk of bullshit, you could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week.
Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.